I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp and Benwin Stanley. And that is all we have this evening. The enthusiasm for the trip to Manchester City on Sunday shows in how many of us are on this podcast this evening. Ben, Everton faced the toughest of tough games on Sunday. Man City away, 2pm kickoff. We haven't won there in over a decade. Do you expect that trend to continue? It's going to be... An absolute monstrous ask from the, the team, the players, the manager, the lot. Um, usually I'm very excited for after an international break. And when you look at the fixtures, you go, oh no, Man City away. And it's probably coming at quite a bad time. A few mixed results, mixed bags. We have more in the Premier League since September, uh, back end of September. So it's it's all a bit down in the dumps at the moment, shall we say. But look, the players and just get put out a bit of a fight. They obviously performed reasonably well against Tottenham in the last game, showed a bit more fight and desire. And look, Man City aren't indestructible at home. Um, they are, obviously, you've seen against Crystal Palace this season where Patrick Vieira sets out his Palace side very, very defensive. But they, again, 
they they counted on the break so quickly, rapidly, and they obviously came away 2-0 winners. So it can be done. Obviously, Laporte got sent off and obviously they played against 10 men, but it, it can be done that they are they can be beaten at times, but it's going to be immensely difficult. So obviously, Yerry Mean is probably back in the in the fold now, and but I still feel like it's probably a few weeks too early for Abdelau Decore. And I wouldn't want to potentially throw him in at the deep end and risk him in a game like this. I'd much rather get all the big guns firing for Brentford away. That's the game where I see personally we need to get three points out of and really kick on because it's going to be extremely difficult Sunday. We know the squad depth Manchester City have. We faced them last year in the Cup and they seem to put out their second, third string 11 and came away victorious from Goodson Park. So no, there's just so much quality and depth all over, the, over their squad and the, the, the defenders are brilliant, the midfielders are brilliant, the strikers aren't as much as as much firepower. They didn't get a striker in the summer, which is probably their biggest regret, Manchester City. Obviously, we've got Jesus there and they sometimes play a bit of a false nine with Ferran Torres and other players in the mix, but they haven't got an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, and I think a few times this season, they've come a bit stuck because of that. They haven't got someone who can put the ball in the back of the net out of nowhere up front. So, look, it, you can see with how many people on this podcast, like you just stated there, Mick, it's all the lads and all the boys are obviously out doing um, different things and it's hard to get them all together for this and get motivated. It's not one you want to come on and get all excited about. But uh, what are your thoughts anyway? It'd be good to have a, hear a bit more from you today on this podcast and uh, not just be the uh, <laughs> the host. <laughs> of all the games, Ben, this is not the one I'd I'd want to be talking on. But nevertheless... I think it's going to be very difficult and I think we'd all be fools not to think so. I think if Yerry Mida can overcome the, the muscle injury that's kept him out uh, for a number of weeks now, I think that'll have to be a huge boost uh, to Rafa Benitez's his selection. Uh, although I do feel Michael Keane and Ben Godfrey were a lot better against Spurs compared to the, the previous weeks. But we've also got to remember, you know, there's there's no Mason Holgate, obviously suspended. And I don't know, Rafa's probably not a huge fan of, of Holgate, but... You know, it, it's another option that we could have utilised, which is now unavailable. But yeah, I think if if Yerry Mean is fit, I I imagine like you say, Everton will probably play a deep line, a deep line, should I say? Um, and I don't expect Yerry Mean to be at the heart of that of that defence. But you know, as you've touched on Abdoulaye Decore, you know, he's he stress fractured due to overplaying, being overworked. You know, and I think Everton have to tread carefully there. We don't want any, you know reoccurrence of any injuries. He's obviously a massive, massive player for for the way Everton play, for the, the current selection. He's, he's, he's absolutely huge and that doesn't need to be said anymore. So I think it's probably a game too soon for, for Decore. I imagine Everton have probably got one eye on that Brentford game and thinking, can he be fit for that one? Um, but heading, heading to Manchester City, Ben, I just feel due to the recent form, you know, no winning five in the league, there's that, you know... In the back of your mind, you just keep thinking, we could really do with a point here. You know, I think Everton could find themselves as, as low as 15th, 16th by the end of the weekend if, if results go against us and we obviously lose at Man City. And so, you, and that, we've only got ourselves to blame, you know, and I, I, I just feel you can't go five games without a win in the Premier League. You, you just can't. It, it's too competitive, no matter how early the season is, how late the season is, it's too competitive. And we are now... Uh, 11 games in, five games without a win, it, the pressure starts to mount for any manager at any club. Um, and I just feel 
head into Man City, notoriously, you, you, your season doesn't hinge travelling to the Etihad. It, it just doesn't for most teams, let alone Everton. Um, but given recent results, I just have that, that feeling in the back of my mind, we could really do with a point here. And we only have ourselves to, to, to blame for that, Ben. Like I said, I'm not expecting a point far from it, but I just feel, due to poor form, that's what happens. You then head to it and think, you know what? We could really do with a point here. And I imagine, you know, we probably will go defensive, Ben. So do you imagine a, a back five or flood the midfield? I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Mick, to be fair. Um, and I think few people will, will like listening to you. Um, some of you a bit more views and opinions. But the like you like quite rightly said, the previous results, them three games, the West Ham, Wolves and Wofford game, I remember probably the back end of September, I'd said them three games are massive now. If we can get seven to seven points out of them three, then it, it brings us on to November with a bit more of a, a bit more of like a not not so much a free hit, but the pressure's off. The pressure's not there to get the points in the bag. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think a point on Sunday is massive. We need everything we can get at the moment because the fans are down in the dumps. Um, we just need a bit something to cheer on, get behind. It seems to be a bit flat. It's injury after injury every single week. And it's only so much we can actually take. I don't know what they start doing in, fin- in Finch Farm. Are they playing American Bulldog or British Bulldog and really going in hard on each other? Because the injuries, Mick, have just absolutely crushed our season already. And we had such a good start. Probably the, I think it was one of the best starts we've had in the Premier League era. To then be a bit down in the dumps now, it's kind of like a... A bit of a shame, really. The injuries have really impacted our season. But onto your, onto your question in relation to the formation, I really don't know. You, you spoke again. Um, obviously, Mason Holgate is out. So we're going into this game with arguably three first-teamers in Mina, Keane and Godfrey. Now, do you throw all three of them in? Or do you keep one back? And Because, look, we're not going to be playing with a high line. We're just not. So this could be the game where you potentially play Michael Keane and Yerry Mina together, and you rest Ben Godfrey. Maybe give give him a bit of a break because it's going to be we're going to be defending very very deep um, because I don't think they'll have much space behind us to get in. They probably will find space with Manchester City, but we're not going to be trying to go down the other end of the Etihad with ten men pressing on forward. It's not going to be that type of game. So we potentially could play Michael Keane and Yerry Mina, or they could keep Michael Keane and Ben Godfrey. Uh, and just bring Yeni Mina on 60, 70 minutes, depending on how the game's going. But I've always found if you play a back five or, like you say, three, three centre-halves with wing-backs, we never, ever perform very well at all. I think the only time I've seen it work is when we played against Burnley away on Boxing Day a few seasons ago. Uh, and we came away 5-1 winners. That's the only time that I thought recently that it's, it's looked really good. Now, I don't want to go too much into, obviously, the Crystal Palace win, but they set up in a bit like a 4-3-3 formation, but it was kind of like a 4-5-1. Zaha was just up front on his own, running round, causing issues. Obviously, Edouard was on the left. Jordan Ayew started the game. Conor Gallagher um, was playing as well. Loads of energy. And that's what we need. You've seen against Tottenham that the players actually give a bit of effort, a bit of commitment, a bit of fight. And they're going to need that time to turn this on Sunday. Because if one of them players decides not to do his role for a split second, a team of Manchester City's skill, level and professionalism, they're going to punish you within seconds. If that split second's going to cost you a goal, you've got to be switched on for the whole 90 minutes because when you're playing against someone who's that good, they can find space, they can find a goal within seconds, dead easy. 
So they need every single player to be on the game, know the formation, know the system, know the role, know who they're marking. And let's get, like I said, these set pieces sorted. That was good to see a clean sheet um, against Tottenham Hotspur. That was really refreshing to see. That was one of the main positives. But let's try and get another clean sheet. Let's just try and stop Manchester City scoring. Obviously, I'm an Evertonian half. I want us to go there. I want us to get three points. But in my head, I'm kind of a realist. And I can see it's going to be extremely difficult. I feel like any blue can tell you that. But look, we've sold out again. All the away fans are going in the thousands, which is just shows the level of support. So I'm, I'm just praying that the players can put some sort of performance to repay the fans again because like I said on the last podcast they travel up and down the country following this team and we just want to see a bit of fight and a bit of passion and we can get behind the lads to make us proud so yeah I think Alan's going to have a, a monstrous afternoon he's going to be busy and um, Tom Davis like you said injured Fabian Delph has <laughs> come from nowhere and been a kind of a, a mini saviour shall we say I didn't think I'd say that at the beginning of the season but having him back is now massive with Tom Davis seen obviously on crutches regardless of the injury you talk about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's a massive miss up front. He always seems to cause Manchester City issues when he plays. And and he's obviously not injured. He's um, not fit. He's going to be injured for a, a bit longer. Hopefully a bit more ball work this week. But look, I, I'm not expecting him anytime soon. I still think he's going to be a few weeks away. And I'm a bit, bit concerned that Everton don't want to bring him back too soon in case we have a, a Jean-Philippe Cabam in Mark II. We've obviously with a tendon near his quadricep. And it's quite a nasty injury when you go into the uh, in detail of what's actually happened. But no, it's it's going to be difficult. Del Fallon, do you play do you play three in the middle? Potentially go one off front in Richarlison. Who mm. knows? That's what I'd probably do. I'll probably go four five one. What would you recommend that? Yeah, I can imagine a four five one and, and try and plug the midfield and, and keep it tight and I wouldn't moan at, at uh, Rafa Benitez for, for doing that not in the slightest bend I think that's probably wise who the three are in the middle you'd obviously imagine one being Alan, the other one being Delph and then the third one if possible would probably be Gomez whether he's fit or not is a different story so maybe Gabami maybe we give him another chance you know I'm not sure Rafa's keen on him obviously due to the the performance he had at, uh, at Wolves but yeah, it's it's going to be difficult, mate. There's no doubt about that. And I do feel you either have to plug the defence or you have to plug the midfield and you have to just if you play go deep line or pack the midfield out and say, no, you're not going to play through us. It will be very interesting to see what tactics Rafa Benitez goes with because I am a big fan of Rafa Benitez away from home. I know we've had some poor results this season, but throughout his career, they've you know his teams have normally been very difficult to break down on the road. Uh, and he normally sets his stall out very, very well. And I just keep thinking back to the to the Man United game earlier in the season, 1-1, you know, we were kind of threadbare heading into that. We were all thinking, oh, here we go. You know, this is going to be a bit of a massacre. But no, he, he got his tactics absolutely spot on. And on another day, we probably could have could have snatched it and t- taken all three points from Old Trafford. So we have got that in our locker as a team. These players have got that. Rafa Benitez has still got that. So there's no doubt about it that this Everton team can perform against the better teams. Um I thought Tottenham was a great improvement on previous weeks. I know Tottenham are having their own problems at the moment, but nevertheless, you know, Conte's first game, the new manager bounce and, and everything that goes with that. Um, I did think we were a lot better and I thought we'd shown a lot more fight. And I think that's what we need to see more of, to be honest. Um, you know, when the chips are down, it's, it's, all, it's all good and well when we're, we started the season well and players are coming out saying, you know, it's brilliant to be here. And, and you know, when it's, when it's all rosy, it's easy to to keep winning, so to speak. But when you're, when you're not winning and with five games without a win in the league, 
that's when the chips are down and that's when players in the room have got to look at each other and start to think, right, who wants this now? Because we're heading into a very difficult run. Let's get that right. It's a very difficult run on paper. Um, and we've now got to have players that are going to be up for the fight because we're not going to see a lot of the ball in these, some of these fixtures. We're not. Probably more. We're going to see less of the ball than we have in previous fixtures so far this season because we are going to be coming up against some top quality opposition now. Um, and we've got to start having a bit more of that fight like we did against Spurs because it was there against Spurs. And, and the atmosphere shown that it was there because Goodison Park is all about all about get your first tackle in, be on the front foot, battle for each other, and we will get behind you. It is as simple as that at Goodison Park. And it's the same away from home. I remember at Brighton, it was about the 88th minute. Andros Townsend must have run 40 yards to stop a cross coming in. He, he ran across the pitch, all the way down into the corner, the far corner from where the away fans sit. And he dived in and blocked across. And the away fans cheered like it was a goal. And that's all we ask. And that's all I'm going to ask on Sunday, mate. I don't expect anything, but just fight and show that we want it and that we are going to try and turn this around. Because it's not good enough for Everton Football Club where we are right now. And that's a fact. It's not good enough. Um, but like I said, this game, I'm not going to... Our season doesn't define on this, on this game. Um, but I want to see the improvement again like we did against Spurs and I want to see that again at the Etihad on Sunday and looking away from the Etihad Ben obviously Jordan Pickford has been in the news this week regarding a move to Tottenham Hotspur um, it's been reported that Tottenham Hotspur are looking to move Hugo Lloris on and look for a new number one and, and Jordan Pickford is that man me personally I'd be disappointed to see him go I think he's really turned his form around over the last 18 months and I think he's been one of our one of our top performers at the football club where, where do you sit with this one I know all players have a price would you be disappointed to see Jordan Pickford leave? Yeah, obviously, Mike McGrath, Mike McGrath, and the Telegraph's quite a reliable source, to be fair. So you take that article quite serious. Now, I said on Twitter, every player at Everton Football Club and the financial mess that we're in has a price, has a price tag and will be available for the right money. But my concern is, if we receive a decent fee for Jordan Pickford, is the recruitment side of things at Everton Football Club. They're completely inept. And they've shown over recent summer's transfer windows that there's no plan, no direction and no philosophy what they want to achieve. And the recruitment has been absolutely terrible. And um, We've just been buying old, up play, washed up players, big wages, big fees. And look, that's, where, that's why we're only able to spend £1.7 million in the summer just gone. But on Jordan Pickford, obviously he's playing very well. England's number one, coming up to 27 years of age. He clearly has a lot of game left in him. He's a goalkeeper. He's coming into his prime now. He's still got another five or six years. He's only got two years left this, at the end of the season on his Everton contract. So, as I've touched on about Yerry Mina in the summer, it's now for time for Everton to decide what they're going to do. Are they going to give him a massive contract or are they going to look to potentially sell? Now, with two years left on, a, on his deal, I'm assuming he's probably on around £110,000 a week. Uh, he's probably one of the big earners at Everton. Is What do we do if a say a £30 million bid comes in for him which I'd probably anticipated to be around I'd probably not go for something like that I'd be looking in the region of the £40 million upwards plus for Jordan Pickford he's English he's England's number one regardless of Aaron Ramsdale's one save this season and for me Jordan Pickford's still the best English goalkeeper in the Premier League so but again it's obviously getting the replacements in Who who comes in do we get it right? Will the recruitment then take 
years to get that position then sorted because we, we still haven't replaced Lukaku when he, re- he went and that's been how many years now and it just concerns me that if we let Jordan Pickford go we'd be in that this boat again in five years time messing around with different type of transfers different different players coming in just not working I just I just want a, a plan Mick I've said it for so long now I just want some sort of direction from the board from the club of what we actually want to do what, what we want to achieve and get some sort of philosophy embedded within the club from literally the core outwards. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit deep, that. It's a bit of a deep question just for an article on the Telegraph. But look, every player does have his price, Mick. I don't know what your thoughts are or not, but it's if a £40 million plus big comes in, then we've got to seriously probably consider it, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one with goalkeepers because obviously they are a commodity and you only have to look at other football clubs when they're looking for a keeper and... Clubs find it really hard to replace goalkeepers. They do, you know. Chelsea have spent a lot of money on uh, Mendy to to have just basically cover up their problems that they were having. And Aston Villa got a steal, obviously, with Emmy Martinez for for twenty million or whatever it was. You know, it looks a steal on paper now because he's he's now obviously showing his class. So I I am really reluctant to to even engage in this one regarding Jordan Pickford because I do feel goalkeepers, they're almost like 20 goal a season strikers now. They're really, really hard to come by. And when you do get one, you think, you know what, we need to keep them long-term because successful clubs always have a goalkeeper that they can rely on week in, week out, knows the club like the back of the hand, the back four trust him. Um, and like I say, them sort of goalkeepers now are, are a commodity and they're, they're worth their weight in gold. So I am really, really reluctant Um to lose Jordan Pickford but obviously money does talk and if Spurs do come in for him I'd really like Everton to say you know what it's 50 million Spurs are, are, are the Daniel Levy at, at Tottenham is is one of the toughest negotiators in, in world football probably so I'd like Everton to go no it's 50 million Daniel um, obviously would probably accept at 40 but go high because I really don't want us to engage in this one um, and, and I always think of you know if you are going to sell a player you always have to think who are we going to replace him with you need a replacement first before you start selling players. So who would Everton go get? And I know it's easy for people to say, well, that's what we have a scouting system for. I, I, know, I totally understand that. But sometimes players are difficult to replace and it's, it's as simple as that. And, you know, you'd think, well, who do we go get? Maybe a Nick Pope at Burnley. Well, Burnley are going to say, well, we want 40 million players. You've just sold your keeper for 40 million or 35 or whatever. So I am really reluctant to let Pickford go. And I think he has really come on leaps and bounds over the last 18 months. He's really improved. I think he's grown as a man. Uh, I know he's had obviously a, a kid with his with his wife, and um, he's probably matured a lot now. I think he's a different person to what he was two years ago. He seemed a lot more level-headed, more calm in goal, um, and I think he's been one of our top performers. I really, really do over the last eighteen months. So I'd be I'm loath to lose him. I really am, and I do hope Ben that um, you know it, it is just paper talk at the moment, and it's nothing more. But obviously, money does talk, so I. I fully appreciate that. I know you've touched on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Ben, obviously, he's had that thigh-quad injury. Um, he did say in a in an event the other day in the week that, you know, tongue-in-cheek maybe, you know, I've got a chance for, for the derby, be back fit. Do you think it's maybe too soon? Do you think it's tongue-in-cheek from him? And do you think the club are going to play it safe given how serious the injury was? I think it was definitely tongue-in-cheek moment. That I think he just wanted to give a bit of passion and motivation back to the, the fans who were, who were at the event because um, I, I think the club are a bit concerned about this fire injury to be fair because it was kind of obviously he had a, 
bit of an issue of his foot, his toe, um, and then obviously playing through that has obviously caused the, the aggravating injury in regards to his tendon and his quadricep. And I, I'd be very surprised if we've seen him this side of Christmas. That's my opinion. That's the murmurs that I'm potentially hearing. There's, obviously, he's, he's going to be eased back in very, very slowly. They're very concerned. They don't want a, a, a second... A second injury following from this coming back too soon, which can happen. We've seen with Gabamon, he got he, he came with a slight knock, and, and Marco Silva decides to play him for 90 minutes, and the rest is history, shall we say, because he hasn't come back, he hasn't been the same player since. So I'm pretty sure that this will be the case with Dominic Calvert Lewin. It'll be a case of a bit of ball work this week. Um it's good to see him up and about jogging a bit, doing a bit of, of footwork in the, the recent weeks, but look. Your quadriceps and your tendon attached to your quads are one of the probably the second or third largest muscle groups in the whole body. Now, if one of them starts to give you issues, then it can really lead on to secondary issues at the same time. So we've got to be so, so careful, so careful. And again, you've got the core weight, what you do with him. If he's fully fit and training again, which I, which I do think is a couple of weeks away, I think he might, might be touch and go for Brentford. But look, if Savi has been training, he is fifth for, for Sunday to throw him in. It's another, another opinion and another poll for Evertonians because if he gets injured again, then it's it's a massive catastrophe. Because for me, the Calvert Lewin one, we can potentially put Richarlison up there and a few other options. We've got the Mari Gray can potentially play up there, but that central midfield, Lavin Decore out was that was the game changer for me. If there's no you can see them them past three games where the, the I know I go back for it all the time, the Watford, West Ham, Wolves, safe to call race, fit and firing, four, three of them. We could be having a completely different podcast, which I think that injury literally changed our season. For me, that's just my opinion. I really do think that was monstrous. But in regards to Carver Lewin, like I said, I think he'll probably be back in the new year. Um, it's just such a shame for a young lad. But look, he won't want to get injured. The club definitely don't want him to have a reoccurring injury because if that goes again, it's going to be a long, long time to recover. And we've all, all the people listening to the podcast who have played sports, even literally as a semi-professional, professional, friendly Sunday league, if you get a slight injury, a slight knock, it's, it's niggling all the time. If you come back that week too soon and you're desperate to play, desperate to play, you tell the physio, the manager that you're all right, you're fit to play and it goes again. It's opens a big can of worms and you're going to be out for twice as long as you originally were. So, yeah, it's, I just want I just want them all back, Mick. We've seen how good they were at the beginning of the season, obviously getting the wins and getting the points under the board. I just want to see that Everton back because Alan's not been the same since Decorey's been missing. Obviously, Decorey does a lot of dirty work for him as well. So, it's affecting the whole squad, affecting the tactics that Benitez tried to bring in, the formation. We've, we've obviously altered that now. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a few additions in January as well. I think a couple of signings going to potentially be coming in. But again, low fees will probably look to exploit the low market in my eyes. Um, so I wouldn't expect any monst- monstrous fees getting flo- um, thrown about. But a couple of loans could change this team um, and give us the squad depth that we need. Yeah, and as you say, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is by all accounts getting the footballs back out later at the end of this week. And doing some very, very light training. But another striker, Ben, that's been in the news this week is Ellis Sims. Ellis Sims gets a three-year contract at Everton. Are you are you happy with Ellis Sims getting a three-year contract? He's 21 in January. Or do you think three years is maybe a little bit too much? No, I think that's probably a good bit of business, to be fair. Um, 
because he's obviously at a young age. He's got a, a bit of bad him. Um, he's regarded as, as quite a good player in the um, in the obviously the under twenty three setup. He scores a lot of goals at that age, a lot of goals. And he, and he performed really well at League One Blackpool. Um, obviously, when he went there before his injury, so no, I think it's probably clever business. I do think he needs to go out on loan again. I feel like he needs to go and find his feet in men's football in the lower leagues. And look, he could go to the championship, a lower half championship team, perform really, really well, and they can come in with a, with a, a decent wage or a decent bid. And uh, look, when you have players on like one year contracts or two year contracts, there's always room to go in lower. When you've got a player tied down for three years, the the, the negotiation part of it is on our side. We don't have to sell. We, he's got this player for three years. I think it's a really good move from the club because obviously he's high regarded, but at this moment in time, he's probably not ready. Um, obviously, for those who watch with the under-23 football, the, the difference between the under-23s and the Premier League is enormous. Absolutely enormous. But, yeah, I'm I, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's clearly doing something in training. Decisions been made within the club to obviously to give him the three years. I just want to see him go out on loan potentially in January, Mick. Go and find your feet. Go and score some goals. Try and get injury free this time when you come back, and just do what you can to obviously push push our strikers in the first team and obviously get that bit of money because we're going to do an under twenty three podcast at some point. And it'd be interesting to, to obviously talk about this, speak to Borley and others to find out what their views on it is. But in my eyes, I think it's a really smart move, um, obviously in regards to potentially keeping him, which I, I hope he is a success. I hope he's brilliant and scores loads of goals for Everton. But if it doesn't quite work out and he's, he just performs really well at a championship c- club, it gives us really a really powerful position for negotiation. Yeah, I imagine that is the case, Ben, with uh, Ellis Sims. You know, a three-year contract, 21 in January hopefully loan him out at the back end of this year or back end of the second half of the season, shall I say, or worst case, the beginning of next season, he either hits the ground running and does really well in maybe, say, the championship at Blackpool. Um, comes back with two years remaining on his contract and he can maybe then start, you know, looking at the first team football, you know, thinking, yeah, I can make a career at Everton. If not, he doesn't probably do too well in the championship and then Everton can maybe think, you know what, he's got the best part of two years left on his contract and we can maybe make a few million pounds on him. He's still a good age. And Lewis Dobbin, Ben, is, a, is another player that is out of contract soon and Everton are in talks with him. And do you imagine Everton have the same process and thought process for, for Lewis Dobbin going forward? Yeah, I agree. But I think what in Lewis Dobbin's case is, and some of these under-23 players, which I think we'll probably touch on again in the later parts, I feel like they want a clear pathway through to the first team. And we'll touch on it in detail. So I'm not going to bore the life out of you on this podcast, but... I feel like these players want a, a clear pathway. What, what? If I'm going to put my pen to paper on a three-year deal, what is the plan for me? Where? How am I going to be integrated to the first team? Am I going to be integrated? Am I just going to be training with the first team? Or am I actually going to go out there and get some minutes? Now, without the injuries, to obviously Richarlison and Calvaloon in the early part of the season and Rondon obviously not firing on all cylinders. Dobbin got a few minutes, a bit of chance. It would have been good to see him get a bit more. Um, it really would have, but he got he got a few minutes, and that could have could only be a bit of a, a boost for the young lad. But it's going to be a lot harder, I think, to tie him down. Um, hopefully, it gets done sooner rather than later, because, like I say, you don't like to see these talents leaving on free transfers. Not obviously, Everton pumps so much money into this academy, millions and millions of pounds, obviously a year, and it all adds up. And we're not really getting much out of it at the moment. So 
it's always a shame when obviously these players leave. But if they can stay, sign a deal, and if they leave for, and get a decent fee, they've paid the way. They've paid for the the hours they put in at Finch Farm, and they've helped the club going forward financially. So no, that that's my stance on it, Mick. I just think he wants a bit more of a pathway and a bit more of direction of what if he puts pen to paper, how he's going to progress. Mm, yeah, and Ben, bringing it all the way back round to Man City v Everton on Sunday. You know, I'm looking at a stat now, and it says that Man City have. I won by more than two in their last six Premier League games when they score within 15 minutes. So it is imperative Everton don't concede an early goal, isn't it? And keep it tight and maybe get to half-time at nil-nil or, or, or something, you know, and give Man City something to think about. So we're at that time again, Ben. It is prediction time. I know you struggle with these. And what is your prediction? Well, I haven't got one right, I think, in the fall. <laughs> 12 months so let's hope I get this one wrong but I'm, I'm, I can't see anything other than a, a 2-0 Man City win a 2-0 Man City win for you Ben and I'm going to go a 3-1 win for Man City I think we'll nick a goal and I think we'll run out 3-1 losers on the day and that is all we've got time for this evening Everton faced the most difficult of trips on Sunday a 2pm kickoff live on Sky at the Etihad. In the meantime, we will be back Monday with all the fallout, all the talk and all the match analysis from that game on Sunday. Have a great weekend. Have a great last few days of the week and we will see you Monday and at the Etihad. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.